Welcome to Minute Sunship Live today. We have a theme that we started on last week on the Holy Spirit, and all of this week I, I, I purposely did not touch it with my mind because I knew that we'll be talking about it this Sunday, and I really wanted to hear the voice of God and not to put some verses together for today, but to really be led of the Spirit of God. So the title is, Our Life is in the Holy Spirit. Our life is in the Holy Spirit. Our example to living the life of Christ, of course, is no other but Christ himself. And so he now actually lives his life in us. When we became born again, we at that moment became brand new. We went through a a transformation. We went through a, a whole redisposition a whole new brand new makeup. And now we're a brand new creation unto God, such as we never were before. And um, what unfortunately happens in that moment is because we still have our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions that did not get born again. Our spirit man got born again. And our memory bank is still there. And so we have memories of what life was like before and what we thought life is. And so now as a believer, we start undergoing this mind transformation to match up the new life that we already have in Christ. And um, this is the challenge. This is the walk of the believer. The walk of the believer is to constantly submit to the word of God for this word to wash our minds to renew us so that we'll line our thoughts with who we truly are. Because in our spirit, man, we are born again. We're brand new creation. The very life of Christ wants to express himself through us. And um, if our minds are not renewed, then we'll replicate that which we knew of the old man. Our mind is like a door of an expression and it's being opened wide to that which we believe in. So if our mind is not renewed to the word of God, then we are believing a lie. We'll be thinking of things that are really not lined up with the reality of the word of God. And so here with comes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit was given by the Father because Jesus asked him, because we're not going to be left as orphans on this world, in this world. When Jesus left, and mighty Holy Spirit rushed in as a mighty guide to those that are now in the body of Christ and to those that are not. He's convicting their hearts to become born again. So let's see. Let's go. Uh, we start with Acts 10. We see this is how Jesus walked and this is how we walk. Uh, John, uh, sorry, Acts 10, 38. Let's go 36, actually. 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. So take note that peace with God is only preached through Jesus Christ. There's no other peace. We have no other peace than the Lord Jesus Christ. And though it can for a moment, we can band-aid a moment, we can make ourselves feel a little okay for a little moment, but really ultimate peace, true peace, reality of peace, the Prince of Peace is the Lord Jesus Christ. And without the Lord Jesus Christ in one's life, there is no 
true enduring peace. There's actually no peace. Peace with God is only through the Lord Jesus Christ because he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Why did it come after the baptism which John preached? Because Jesus came and he was baptized in that water of baptism. And when he came out of the water of baptism, who descended on him? Mighty Holy Spirit. Mighty Holy Spirit was the affirmative of the Father. This is my Son whom I love. And so we know now the Holy Spirit has been sealed within us at our new birth. And is that, that is our affirmative of God, that we are His children whom He loves. And this is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And we said the example of the Christ life is Christ himself. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with us. The emphasis in this verse is the anointing of the Holy Spirit and with power. And this anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that came on him on his baptism, when he came out of those waters and he was alit, and the Holy Spirit descended in like a dove, like a dove. That at that moment, that power was there. And, and the walk that came thereafter was a demonstration of what it looks like for man to walk with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was to demonstrate to us that God so loves us. That not only did he not spare his own son, but he wants to anoint all of us with the Holy Spirit and with power so that we can too go about doing good. Recognize that doing good is connected with the Holy Spirit and with power. It's not doing good. You see, of the natural man, the non-born, I mean, we, we know people who are not born again, the non-believers, non-Christians, and they do some good things for humanity, and we're thankful for every good thing that's done to another. But the goodness that we're talking about here is really not just an act, so to say, of a good work, but it's the act of the Holy Spirit through us that is actually releasing life. And no one can release life but a born-again child of God that's anointed of the Holy Spirit and with power because we are now in Christ, a life-giving spirit. And so this work of good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, all of demonic oppression to be removed and to be cast out, only can be done through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and with power. That's how he knew God was with him. The presence of the Holy Spirit. And so my title for today is Our Life is in the Holy Spirit. Our life is in the Holy Spirit. Quickly we can go to 1 Peter 1, 22. 
and then 23. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, how through the Spirit that we obey the truth and our souls are purified by the truth as we obey the truth. It is through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren Love one another fervently with a pure heart. We recognize that will be a work of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has been deposited in our hearts now and has shed abroad in our hearts the love of God so that we can now love the brethren to love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Having been born again, it's having been born from above. And I wanted to read the amplified translation of this verse 23. You have been regenerated. That is born again. We have been regenerated. And that, of course, we know is by the power of the Holy Spirit, not from a mortal origin from seed or sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. That we are now born of the Spirit. That we are now regenerated. That we are born again, not from a mortal origin, not from, not from natural origin, but from an immortal one, the ever-living and lasting word of God. And last week we talked about the Holy Spirit glorifying Jesus by declaring this immortal word to us. And so the way our life is sanctified on earth is through this obedience of the truth that is done in our hearts as we submit, as we make a decision, we use our, our ability to think under the unction of the Holy Ghost that we can now live this regenerated life on earth, this glory life on earth. Titus says something similar in Titus 3. For our life is in the Holy Spirit. I'm just laying a foundation. When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So this new birth, this new life, this kindness that was expressed to us by the Savior appearing to man was done. It's not something we could fabricate. We couldn't do anything towards that. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And this is through the washing. How are we saved? Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured. He poured the Holy Spirit out on us abundantly, abundantly. 
without, without a limit. You can only have so much, so little of the Holy Spirit. But that one over there, maybe some more because they've qualified a bit better because their works are a bit more righteous. No, no. He abundantly, he abundantly, he abundantly poured out the Holy Spirit by whom we have been renewed and regenerated. The Holy Spirit is the part of the tree that is living with us now. It is of utmost importance that we fellowship with the Spirit. He is our renewal. He is our guide. He is our lead into truth. Whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal Life. Let's go to Ephesians from here. Ephesians 1. I just read here in Titus that he poured out the Father liberally, abundantly, the Holy Spirit through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we were qualified by the Lord Jesus Christ to receive this pour out from the Father. Because we were justified by grace. So we could become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That which Jesus did to present us holy before God was really the qualifier why we could receive the Holy Spirit. That without the work of justification through the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus, we would not qualify for the Holy Spirit because He's the Spirit of God. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of grace and mercy. He's the very preciousness of the Father. Father God is Spirit, and this is His Spirit. We cannot have the Holy Spirit if we're not born again. If we're not born again, if we have not received the Lord Jesus Christ, take note, this pour out of the Spirit was done on us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot walk in this anointing of the Holy Spirit and with power if we're not born again. So the, really the Spirit of the Lord, the working of the Spirit is for the children of God to walk out in this inheritance that we now have in Christ. So he, the Spirit of God, is my lead to help me, to instruct me, to teach me, to navigate me how to partake of the divine nature that I already have, how to partake of every good gift that the Lord has given to me in my salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, we'll be blind and we'll be deaf. We can say the Holy Spirit is our eyes and our ears. He is my lead. He is the one that enables me to see the promise as I read the word. He is the one that enables me to hear the voice of God as he speaks to me. The Holy Spirit is the very preciousness of the Father. And he's been poured out to us because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here in Ephesians 1.13, In him you also trusted that's in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, in whom also having believed, we have to believe on Jesus. And then comes the seal of the Holy Spirit. This is not for the whosoever the Holy Spirit. It's for the ones that have believed the message, the gospel of our salvation. And I think of that one, was it Simon? Who was the, 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 the warlock, the witch, Simon, that saw the working of the Holy Spirit? So the working of the Holy Spirit through the apostles in the New Testament. He says, I want that power. I want that power. I want to buy that power. And he was judged for it. He was judged for it. The Holy Spirit is the precious expression of the love of God towards his children. Really towards the world. Because we know now what does the Holy Spirit do? I'll look at it in Luke that he convicts the heart of man to lead them into repentance so that here we believe the message of salvation and then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who, verse 14 in Ephesians 1, who is the guarantee, he is the assurance, glory be to God, he is the down payment, (laughs) He's a down payment of our inheritance. He's, we got it. If you have the down payment, you got it. He's the guarantee of what we have. He's the seal of guarantee to tell us you have it. You know, when the kings, they, they wrote a decree, the Persian kings, especially in the book of Esther, it's, it's so evident. But with, with Cyrus, we see the same thing. Was it with... Was it Cyrus? No, it was Darius. Darius, the king, uh, when he was tricked into making a law against uh, and anyone that would worship any anyone else for a month outside of Darius, the king was to be put in the lion's den. And of course, da- it was a time of Daniel, and Daniel was not moved. All the more, he he openly prayed and um, to God, and so he was put in this snare. Well, actually. Even Darius was put in this snare because he really loved Daniel. But because he had uttered a decree and signed it with his seal, with his ring, it was a done deal. No matter how much Darius loved Daniel, Daniel couldn't not go into the lion's den because there was a seal of guarantee. The Holy Spirit, God our Father, overrode that wrong seal. And so we know that Daniel came out of that lion's den. But the seal of a guarantee is really our assurance that we have everything that Jesus has died to give to us, which is the very life of God. It is the hope of eternity in, in, um, Titles, it was that we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So the seal of the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of our inheritance 
until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And he writes the same thing in chapter 4, I believe, 4.30. Look at this. Even the verse before that. Wow. Just a whole portion. But let's do 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve your seal of approval. Do not grieve this seal of a guarantee that you have. Do not grieve do not grieve that which has brought forth assurance that you have it. How would you grieve? By reverting to another reality. By reverting to a lie. By believing a lie, you're grieving the truth by which you've been sealed. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Who is he? He's the seal. He's the guarantee of my inheritance. He's saying, don't grieve the seal that, that you've been sealed. It's yours, Tessie. The inheritance is yours. Why would you believe another message? Why would you believe another lie? Why, or just a lie? When you've been sealed with the truth, walk in the truth. And that. That has always moved me. The grieving is not so much, oh, I mean, hurt. Of course, God wants you to walk in the fullness, but you actually are grieving your own self because he's in you. When you grieve the one that's in you, you're grieving yourself as well. And so that's why then in, in, in chapter 5, it's so clear Verse 17, actually 15, if we look at 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. Don't believe a lie. Today, do not believe a lie. Don't be foolish to believe a lie. But as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our cup now that we drink from. And this cup that we drink from is filled with the declarations of Jesus. We read last week, Paul writing to the Corinthians that we have been now baptized into the body of Christ and that we drink of the Spirit now. And we read in John 16 also last week that he brings the deck, he glorifies Jesus by bringing, by declaring to us the words of Jesus. So what we're drinking, what we're drinking, be filled with the Spirit is I'm drinking the truth of the Word of God that he's bringing to my remembrance. 
deliverance. He is washing me clean. This is the renewal, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. It's not that mystical to the believer. You know, we, we, we are thrilled when we go to a camp meeting, a church service, um, a, a prayer group, a prayer time, and we see a demonstration, a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, working of miracles, healings. We are thrilled, but I'm telling you, there is something far more intense at work within you. It is this working of this baptism of the Spirit and with power that is regenerating you, that is renewing you day by day, moving you from glory to glory, that you resemble Jesus. Now that is the greatest spectacle to the universe, a transformed life. And how often we miss that part of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. Jesus is the miracle worker. The Holy Spirit moved Jesus. Who is Jesus? The living word. Jesus only did what the Father did, what he saw his Father do. Jesus, the Son can do nothing of himself, only that which he sees the Father do. That was a working of the Spirit. That was the lead of the Spirit because he was, when he was baptized, we go back to the baptism of Jesus coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended. And, and, and right at that moment, there was a lead into testing. There was a lead into this purification because everyone will be seasoned with that fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'll read this. I'll read something before I continue here. Uh, say in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, but in um, Mark 9, I love this. 49, I believe it was. Let's find it. Yeah, this is the words of Jesus. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. That verse can be amplified. For everyone shall be salted with fire. We know that our faith, that we are being tested so that our our faith will come up as gold. That the, this walk, that the just walk in faith and by faith is daily being tested. And the Holy Spirit is part of that lead as well. And so we're going back to Jesus coming out of the baptism. And he, of course, is the living word of God and the Holy Spirit descends on him and is starting to move him. And the first movement that we saw was right into the desert. And he was tested for 40 days. And thereafter came out the miracles and the signs and the wonders. But what is it that actually truly happened is when the Holy Spirit moves the living word of God, who is Jesus, signs always follow. So with every divine movement, there are signs that follow. And so even my life today, as I, as I mimic the, my father, God, and I walk in the footsteps of Jesus that are really Holy Spirit predetermined for me to walk out this Christ life on earth, 
I'm being led of the Spirit as He's disclosing the, as He's disclosing the words of Jesus, as He's disclosing to me the living Word, and I walk out this living Word under the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Signs always follow me. Miracles always work in that place because where God is, everything is miraculous. The miraculous is who God is. Miracles are not separate from God. We don't have to go to a little room over there and pray for 20 hours and maybe one miracle thereafter. Now, if the Holy Spirit led you to pray for 20 hours to honor the Lord and to receive wisdom, whatever it is that he's led you to, miracles will come. But we don't drum it up. It's not a genie in a bottle. Strike three times. Okay, miracle. It is a lead of the Holy Spirit. It is this divine guarantee that we now have and the way to honor this guarantee because really, how do we honor the Holy Spirit? By honoring the Son. And when we honor the Son, we honor the Father. And so we read here in verse 18 in Ephesians 5, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, there's lack of self-control there. But be filled with the Spirit. And we know in the Holy Spirit is the gift of self-control. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that's how only we can then, if we go back to what we read in chapter 429, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. Yeah, because when we fall with the Holy Spirit, that's all that we'll be able to do is edify one another. Speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is the life of the spirit that we now live. Let's go to, let's go to, let's see. Let's go to John 1, verse 16. And of his fullness, (laughs) we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. He has declared him. And the way Jesus declared him, and through that declaration, we saw, what did we see? Of his fullness, we have all received, and grace for grace. Now, who is declaring Jesus to us? The Holy Spirit. And from Him we also receive this fullness of the Christ life. And grace for grace. Let's go to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 3. From His fullness we have received, right? Verse 16. 2 Corinthians 3, 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, again, we have to be born again. We have to be born again. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. So once we become born again, we start seeing the veil 
the veil is removed, taken away, and we recognize the Lord is the Spirit. And that which we're blind to before, that which we're blind to before, and even though we had a spiritual understanding of a spiritual world, it's only in Christ that the veil is removed and that we see the Lord high and lifted up and that He is the Spirit. He is the Spirit. He is the Master. He is the Most High God. He is the Spirit. Oh, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Holy Spirit is, where God is, where the Son is, there is freedom. Because he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And now this freedom of the Son that comes from the proclamations that proceed from the Son are carried by the Spirit and they are releasing a freedom in us. This is the work that I talked about. It's far more glorious. This work of transformation, regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. Because it is a liberty work. This is the only liberty work. But we all with unfailed faith is to be not veiled. That is liberty. Beholding us in the mirror, what would it look like? It's exactly what it is in Christ to behold him as in a mirror. To see as clear as you see your face every single morning in that mirror. Well, that's how we see him now. Beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord just as by the spirit of the lord and here if we back to john 1 i'll just flip quickly you can go if you want to i'm just going to read what i read earlier and of his fullness as we see him in the mirror how do we see him in the mirror by the spirit of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. What does Paul say? We just read in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror. We're beholding the fullness and the grace for grace. We are beholding liberty divine. We are beholding the Lord God. Because when we behold Jesus, we see God. And the Holy Spirit is the one that is opening our eyes, that is unveiling us to see God. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot see nor hear God. And that is why our life now in Christ is a life that is in the Spirit. And I'm, I'm done, but I'll look at one one verse, and it's in Luke, I believe. Actually, no, let's go. To, I'll, I'll look out the next week. Let's do a Romans right now. One verse in Romans. I'll finish it that way. That our life is in the Holy Spirit. Romans. Today was more of a foundation. 14. Romans 14, 17. But look at this. Even 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are now part of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus walked about 
doing good, healing all the oppressed of the devil because he walked in the kingdom of God. He walked in the Holy Spirit and lived in the Holy Spirit with power. And this is our portion today to have this divine life that is in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are done.